0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Isles podcast episode number twenty one. I'm going to go Kyle Aposo edition. I think mm. he was number twenty one, right? A good,
2: yeah, that's a good one.
1: All right. I don't know if you have any others off the top of your head.
2: I I didn't deep dive into the numbers. I've been doing other stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I came, I came prepared, just not prepared for what edition of player See, as soon as, wore this jersey. As soon as
1: I started saying, and you're listening to the eyes on it, I was like, oh no, who was 21, who was 21, think, 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 and I was like, oh, I think poso was.
2: I was ready to go with the inverse Josh Bailey.
1: Inverse Josh That's Bailey. That's how
2: prepared I was.
1: Okay, well, there you go. I am Matt O'Leary. He is Uncle Sam, aka Whoa. Mitch Anderson. Well, I don't know, after the video today, that was out.
2: It means nothing. I'm not going to be any eating any apple pie anytime soon. Don't worry about it. No
1: apple pie, baseball, Chevrolet, none of that good stuff?
2: Oh, Chevrolet, please. <laughs> I, I'm i not a car guy. I say that, and I'm not a car guy. I'm really not. I, I like cars because they get me places. I don't like them because of what happens on the inside of the hood. I, I could care less.
1: <laughs> In case you missed it today, on the last episode, me and Mitch made a bet. He followed through with it and on our social medias at eyes on isles fs on twitter and at facebook.com slash eyes on isles you could see the video of mitch singing our american national anthem and uh it was a doozy
2: yeah i it was it was difficult to remember the words i i I pulled up the lyrics and at first the lyric sheet is huge and i went oh my god is it that long it doesn't seem that long and then when i read it i was like i don't know these words they don't say that. Oh, wait, it's just the first paragraph. Yes. Awesome. Uh, a lot of questions in that anthem. I'm not, are you the home of the brave? Question mark. I thought you were a declarative exclamation mark, not question yeah, thought. Question. I thought that would be
1: an exclamation part. mark. Uh, I didn't get that one. But in, in no. fairness to you, I know someone said on Twitter that I should sing the Canadian national anthem. I'm not going to do that right now, but I did look up the lyrics much shorter. I think I would have a good chance of doing it.
2: Oh, the American national anthem? No, or the Canadian. One. The full version. Yeah. Ours is a lot shorter. Although, can you do it the official version? You read the non official version, I'm sure, because you read. I read English. Probably. There you go. It is English and French, my friend. Also, oh, I got to do the verse in French, too. You. That is the official government sanctioned version of both English and French. Oh, boy. So, good luck to you, my friend. All right. that... Always remember to pronounce your accent aigu. Le. There's no shot I could do that. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get to the Isles.
1: Uh, in their last three games, they actually won a game, so, I mean, that's a plus. woo
2: Yay, one. They're one and, one and two,
1: one. which was not very good. That's not what we talked about wanting. I think we wanted the Islanders to take three of four, and right now they've taken one of two. No, one mm-hmm. of three. Sorry, one, one, and drop two.
2: A, not so, not so good. No, and it, it's also the fact that um, it's a, in in the running order I wrote here that the the fact that the break is coming is a good thing. That the, the fact that they ended it on a win, so they won against New Jersey Five Four in a shootout, uh, mind you, they don't usually win in shootouts, um, is a good thing to carry that momentum over. I can I can hear the flip saying. Well, you want to be able to play those games to see that momentum through, but I'll take any momentum at this point, because like you said, Matt, we wanted them to come out of this, these four games against metropolitan division opponents with at least six points. They have a possibility of picking up a maximum of two right now, or sorry, a minimum of two maximum of four. So they're already not hitting our minimum of six. That's not happening. And that's, that's a bad thing to happen because the, the Penguins are, are clicking. They just beat the Islanders just last Friday 4-0, a comprehensive victory. The Philadelphia Flyers are clicking, and the Carolina Hurricanes are clicking. All three teams are teams that we're up against in the standings. Not good. And now we're going against the Rangers, which we should win, but the Rangers are a better team, so who knows? Right? And it's an afternoon game. We're not usually good in afternoon games.
1: Mitch, I have a question for you. Okay. Who does the bye week benefit more? The New York Islanders or our mental
2: health? Oh, that's a good question. Um my our mental health actually, I've had a, a surprisingly okay week. I've had a not great having to week. like worry about the hockey. Yeah, what did you do this with your like your free time this this bye week? What has the NHL given you to do this week?
1: I've I've been to the gym a few times this week.
2: I'm getting in shape. Holy Hannah, you're going to put on like five pounds on that twenty pound frame of yours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's although all I, I say that and mine is equally slender. So, but I just
1: feel like yeah, uh, to be go back to serious for a second. I do think this break it comes at the perfect time because they just got out of a five-game skid. I think winning going into the break is huge. You can get your confidence back going forward against that game against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. But I do think the break comes at a perfect time for not only the team but for the fans because it was tough for a while watching this team lose night in and night out. And giving us a break, it, it kind of like you're turning over a new leaf come Saturday against the Rangers and that's a huge game to get you right back into it. it's a big rivalry game and the Islanders usually match up pretty well against the Rangers so if they get that win now you got two wins in a row and you can start building off that and going from there
2: yeah I like what you say about that reprieve because when you think about this season we as fans haven't necessarily had a time out or a time off from this negativity Right, we had the Tavares contract extension is still hanging over our heads. We don't necessarily need to talk about it right now, although people still want to bring it up. I just, just, just let it go away for a second. Uh, although we're we're going to have to talk about it ourselves eventually. Um, there's the arena deal that just got settled up just a couple of weeks ago, um, and now there's the losing skid of five losses in a row. We just we just couldn't escape the negative headlines. I I feel like I'm missing a, a fourth one there but I, I can't think about what it is exactly. Uh, but but at least we have the, the extension, the arena, oh, wait, the ice conditions, but that's not really happening this year, thankfully. Uh, and then the losing skid. So like we, we couldn't get away from it. This is the best way for us, like you say, fans, to get that mental break to just go, we are all taking a step away from the game. We're going to mentally recharge and come back at this full of gusto and hope. Fingers crossed.
1: Right, and it's kind of perfect that they are playing the rangers cuz that's such a rivalry game i think that'll get fans like really back into it especially if they win i think that would could be mm-hmm. real a real momentum changer for
2: both the team and then the
1: fans mindset as well
2: Right, and like I, I think I said that back at the start of the season, like if you look at their opening schedule, they didn't necessarily have a meaningful game like they, they played Columbus, but there's no rivalry there there's there's the, the divisional rivalry, but it's not that big of a of, of a deal. They don't necessarily get up for Columbus as much as they would, say the Rangers, who they didn't play until the nineteenth of October, which is still early enough, but there's just the season didn't seem to start. Right. To, for, at least for me, and it, and it felt like the players were kind of going through the same motions where they didn't seem to click and connect and get everything going until they faced Rangers three weeks into October. So, like you're saying, maybe that's that perfect catalyst for this—the start of the second half of the season. Rangers day one, boom, get out of the gates going because the games are going to come quick and fast in the next couple of months, right? They had more than they had a ton of games coming up in February. They have a ton of games coming up in March. Um so it's going to be they're coming thick and fast and there's only 39 left to go. So perfect timing for the Rangers and and that win against New Jersey, perfect timing as well. We ended on a on a winning streak and we start against a against a cross-river opponent. That is huge.
1: Right. I don't think you can really get any any better uh, any better matchup than that because it gets the the fans up, it gets the players up. Is there anything from these last 3 games that stick out to you, that you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, I wrote down the goaltending looks good, as in Jaroslav Halak. Looks all right. Uh, I had his stats open, but I lost the page. Um, I want to get his stats up just to talk about his last five games. But it's not just him that's looking good. It's that the defense is looking bad, because they're still letting in a lot of goals, right? In the last three games, I think they let in 14 goals against and have scored nine. Um, so they're still scoring enough to win games. That's an average of three a game. They're just letting in a whole lot more, and it's not necessarily goaltending. Like, Halak has two, uh, actually, yeah, Never. you know what? I, I almost want to take that back, because he's got four out of the last five games where he's got sub-900 save percentages. But you know what? Again, that's not necessarily on him, because he a lot of these he couldn't necessarily stop. Two-on-ones, that's a 50-50 chance. Good luck on the goalie for that one. Uh, a lot of pucks that are going in that shouldn't um, because the defensive coverage isn't there. And that's going to come when you, two of your top four guys aren't around and you're you're trying to fit guys in like Dennis Seidenberg on the top pairing. Right, I think he's a good defenseman, and, and even good might be putting it well. He was a really good defenseman, never a top pairing guy, so why are you putting him in a top pairing position now that he's, what, 36 years old? It's not the time to do that.
1: Right, and one of the things that stuck out to me about Halak's numbers is just look at how many shots he faced. Mm. In those games where he had the sub-900 five hundred, sub, 500, uh, sub 900 save percentage, it was 38 shots against Pittsburgh, 37 against Boston, 35 against Col- Colorado in not even 40 minutes, uh, and 37 shots against Winnipeg.
2: Yeah, that's bad. That's real bad.
1: And even in the win, he
2: faced 46 shots against the Devils. (laughs) That's insane. Um, But the the thing that that, that I I, I take solace out of, at least that Devils win, is that it it didn't feel like 46 shots were thrown against him. Like, obviously, they were shooting from everywhere um, because the numbers say so, but it didn't feel that way. So that, that gives me comfort in to say, like, it didn't look like Yarrow was that busy because he made it look that easy. Right but it's again the defensive coverage just wasn't there. It's just not when you got Sebastian Aho, you know, his first NHL game, was it his first or his second NHL game against the Devils? I'm going to say it was his second. Oh boy. No, I'm saying that and I'm not I don't, I don't even have it up. I think it was his no, it was his third. Right. So not even close. Um and a lot of people are saying he was good. Yeah, he was good on the scoreline because he picked up an assist and a goal. But he also was at fault for letting in goals on the other side with defensive or the pinches that that weren't that were untimely, uh, that were unnecessary. Um, same thing with Pulak: pinches that weren't necessary, that weren't timely, giving up goals because of those pinches. So that's what's going to happen. But like, yeah, we need better than that from our defensemen. And at, at this point, we're hopefully looking at a trade to get that uh, a top four guy in where we're going to get him from who knows but that that's what that's what we need that's the only that's the only takeaway I have of what the Islanders need to do right now top four defenseman
1: yeah and maybe moving Brock Nelson could yield
2: that plus some more mm. maybe maybe it could um, cuz you're alluding to the fact that Elliot Freeman wrote in his 31 thoughts just the other day that the Islanders are, are are creeping Brock Nelson around the league, creeping. That sounds bad. His name is creeping up more and more in trade talks around the league. As in he's being made available through trades. Um no one's obviously bitten at this point, and I don't know if he alone could get it done. Like, yeah, he's a perennial forty to forty five point getter last three years, but this year he's not. No. Uh, what do you like who, I'm not gonna say who do you look for, but who is expendable that you think has the value to bring in a top four defenseman? Um, I would
1: say not anyone on the current Islanders roster. You'd have to go picks.
2: Right. Well, that means that you don't touch Brock Nelson. Oh, no, I would. I thought you were like excluding Brock Nelson. from. Oh, it. sorry. No, including. Inc- so anyone and anyone. Okay who would you send out? who is expendable to you on the islander's roster, no matter where it is? Uh, I would say Brock.
1: I would say Bovillier as much as is. I like him. I, I wouldn't I want the Islanders to keep Bovillier, but I wouldn't mind losing him as much as I would other players if that makes sense.
2: right I, and I, I feel the same way. Michael Dalcol is obviously in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think the Islanders now that he's had that little resurgence in the AHL are gonna kinda of sit back and wait saying, Okay, is this time now? Do we do we go? They're they're kinda of playing hopscotch with him, going like, We're not sure. Is it hopscotch or jump rope? Yeah, jump rope. I got my analogies wrong. Um They're doing like jump rope where they're not sure if they wanna get in on Del Cole yet, if they're ready or if he's ready. Um so I think that the two guys to likely move are Beauvillier and, and, and Nelson. Does that, is that enough to get you a top four guy? Probably not. But then probably like you would we would say, they have those two first round picks that they can throw in. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine they get rid of both, but at least one of them. So a first round pick, Brock and Bovillier, that should that should get you a top four guy at the very least. Right, I think should so. It not, I definitely think yeah. so.
1: And I not even like a rental player, someone with right, someone with a year or two extra with uh on their contract i would think
2: either they're in their last year and they're rfa or they got term one of the right, other cause,
1: i'm okay cause with cuz that's a future first round pick bovillier was a first round pick and brock nelson was a first round pick mm-hmm. so i th- that's some value and i think people have the perception that brock nelson just needs a change if he got a change of scenery he will be looking much better I think that's what some GMs think.
2: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. He looks, but based on what Elliot Freeman was saying, he's just he's really hard on himself, which, okay, well, maybe relax a little bit, but <laughs> um, you're, you're Brock Nelson. Uh, and maybe if he relaxed, he could get those 40 points again. All right, we'll see. It just It's a perennial thing. Every year he does the same thing. He's hot at the start and hot at the end, and he's super cold in the middle. So he's in his cold period. Always the same. Just know your own your own ebbs and flows, buddy, and work with it.
1: Mitch, did you know that yeah. Brock Nelson has gone forty one straight regulation periods without a goal?
2: I did not know that. Are you keeping teams? I am.
1: Every after every single period oh, I tweet man. out what the number is on Eyes on Isles. You haven't figured this out you're yet?
2: Probably not helping his anxiety, <laughs> but alright. That's it's good content. Um that's a lot of periods. That is a lot of periods. That, that's a lot of time where he's not scoring, and that's that's his main asset. And I think for him, it's just getting in a position to score. He's just not in a position to score. No. Although he he's getting it. He had that look against, was it Pittsburgh where he's right on the doorstep and Barzell flung it across the crease and whiffed on it?
1: Yeah, and then there was one against the Devils where he just shot it right into the goalie's chest. Do you remember yeah. that one?
2: yeah. Always the logo. Always right, logo. the logo. Just get the corners, Brock. But he's, he, maybe he wasn't looking, but he, either way. I don't know. I, I look at the last three games and I say, I say they're, they're doing not very well, and there's not too many signs of encouragement. Maybe that goaltending is looking all right. But now the goaltending is looking okay. The rest of the team is not doing well enough. Like, Can we just not have all three doing well at once, please?
1: Is that too much to ask? This is why we can't have nice things.
2: Apparently. Apparently it's too much to ask for.
1: Yes. Hockey gods, if you're listening, can we just have all three go at the same time? Thank you.
2: They may have been listening because apparently, like you're going to bring up, we might be going somewhere. We, the Islanders, not we, you and I.
1: Yeah. Did you know, Mitch? Of course you knew. That was that's a terrible segue. You didn't know. I knew, yeah. <laughs> knew because they over. brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Our boy, Gary Bettman, was with John Ledecky at the Collie yesterday. Just minutes from my house, Mitch, the two of them. You're
2: going straight collie. You're not even just calling at the Coliseum. No, No, you're going straight Kali. At the
1: collie. checking it out. A 90-minute tour and a 30-minute meeting to see if it was playable, if they could make it work on a temporary basis. Your thoughts.
2: What was he doing exactly? Well, I think the Bards need to be a little bit higher over here. Um, what's the ice like? Is he pulling out a sample and looking at like the density of your ice isn't very good? <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're talking business. They're not talking about is it playable or not? They know if it's playable or not already. They're talking term. And, uh, I'm encouraged by it. I think as well as you, because you're already referring it as a collie. Like you're already making your nest. Mm-hmm. You've already got your seat planned out for the next season. Um, Oh, yeah, baby, section 302. Well, now it's 202 cuz it took out the 300 right. level, but my worry is what's the deal with Barclays because they have until the end of the month right to figure out where they're going and to decide if they're out or if they want out or if Barclays wants them out of the deal. They had until Is it until the end of the month even to bargain in good faith? This doesn't seem like bargaining in good faith. Like they're, they're deciding where they're going before they've even sat down to bargain. I assume. I, I, I don't know because no one is, is privy to the bargaining process aside from them. So maybe this is all already figured out between them and the Barclays where they will play next year at the Barclays and then that's it.
1: I think that's what it's going to be. I think they'll play next year at the Barclays Center because that's that was already agreed upon. Said. Yeah, um, and I really believe that in 2019-2020 – They'll be at the Coliseum for that one year, and then hopefully at the new place the following year.
2: Oh man, that'll be so nice. That'll be so nice. Like I, I don't like the nomadacy of it. Is that even a word? I'm, I'm putting it as a word. I don't like that they're moving from the Barclays to the Coliseum to whatever they're going to call it, Islander Central, is what I'm calling it. Um, <clears throat> if they if they could just call it the Lighthouse, that would be amazing. That'd be so. Uh, That'd be anyways. such a troll job. That would be such a troll job. Um, that, that, that's a lot of transition, but like it, it's necessary, so I'm not, I'm, I've made my peace with it. It's just uh, it's less than ideal. I'd, I'd rather them just stay at Barclays until the lighthouse is built. So, see what I did there? I just did it anyway. So I'm, I'm planting it. I'm planting the seed for everyone. You, really, you think
1: Barclays would be... Mitch, we've got to get you somehow to the Coliseum. Just to, just to see. Yeah. Just to just see the I, atmosphere. I've been to
2: the outside of it. I've never been inside of it.
1: When were you at the outside of it after it was renovated or before?
2: That's the most recent time that I saw it when it was renovated. So it looked like the typewriter on the outside.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you got the air, look at the air conditioning unit, the whole toaster-looking <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: So that that that's all I can remember. Like I know what the old one looks like. I just can't. Necessarily shake out that typewriter image out of my head.
1: Okay, fair enough. the inside's pretty much the same except for they put black seats in and painted everything black. I mean, yeah, who who plays
2: there right now? Is it the a, a D League for the NBA? It's the G League now. Oh, right, the Gatorade, the Gatorade League, League. Right, it okay. is the Long Island Nets. Right. If they're playing when I'm in town, I'm going to have to look it up. So I'll be in town next month, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, Maybe we'll we'll catch something so I can experience it, not necessarily as it was, but as it is. Yes.
1: So I think if you did, my point is that you would want the Islanders to play there just on the interim basis. Why? Here's why, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. Agree or disagree. The Islanders playing at the Coliseum, even if it's just temporary, would get fans excited.
2: Agree. Agree. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And then
1: you get them all excited, and then you say, hey, guess what? Now you're only driving an extra four miles west on the Hempstead Turnpike to our brand new building. And you still have the you bring the excited fan base and just move them a little bit further west. You don't make them get on a train. You don't make them go to Atlantic Terminal and change at Jamaica and all that stuff. No, 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 no. You just say, get in your little car and drive a couple extra miles, and then you could tailgate and do all that fun stuff at our brand new building that doesn't look like a slinky, a toaster, or what have you. (laughs) And We think. We think. And you could watch John Tavares, Matt Barzell, Ryan Pulak, and all of our favorites tear it up in Belmont.
2: Yeah, I listen, I, I, I understand the idea of narrative, and I understand the idea of bringing them home to the Coliseum. I, I get all that, and I'm all for it. I just, I just don't like the, the pick up and move, right, that we have to go and play somewhere else. We now have to go play somewhere else. It just transitions are challenging, and change is challenging. Right, So I, I'd like to avoid it as much as possible, but obviously it's the most ideal. It's not like they're changing to go play at Madison Square Garden or something, or some random place. They're going to play back at the Coliseum. So it's the most ideal uprooting possible. It's just, I would like the least amount of transition as possible.
1: I understand that. I just think it would get... But f-
2: I, I get what you're saying.
1: I think it'd get fans excited, and then you the very next year you have them at the new place, and I think that would kind of hype up the Belmont train a little bit as well.
2: Yeah, maybe. It's just for me, ideally, if I had to choose it, it would be Belmont for two years and then go to the new place. But I, I am well okay with them going from Barclays to the Coliseum to the new place, the Lighthouse. I got to keep calling it that. The lighthouse.
1: I don't think that's going to catch on.
2: I'm going to get it to catch on. I, I, I probably won't. I don't have that kind of pull, but... I'm going to work on it. I've already planted a seed, so it's already
1: on its work. And you worked your magic with your boy, which we're going to talk about a little while. Well, we could kind of talk about him in this next segment, because the next segment's injuries, and he's currently injured. Josh Bailey, an all-star Josh Bailey, (laughs) is injured right now.
2: Woo!
0: All-star! Woo!
2: Yes! We did it, folks. That's like the most, like the least emphatic woo possible. I'm still getting over this cold that I've had for like three weeks now. I'm getting annoyed by it. I still got this like – anyways, I don't have to go into detail, but I can't woo very loud. My singing on, on that video camera is about <laughs> as emphatic as it gets. That was level 12 for me. The dial was all the way up to 12. If you haven't
1: seen it, you have to please stop listening to this. Never listen to us again. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But after listening to this, check out the video. It was hysterical, 10 out of 10. But yeah, so Josh Bailey, Andrew Ladd, Devin Taze – Linus Soderstrom and kind of Ryan Pulak have injuries, so bad. bad. Yeah,
2: it's it's bad. So we didn't even boy. Did you put Boychuk in there? Boychuk,
1: Dahan,
2: C- right, Kullerman, so Boychuk, Dahan, Bailey, Lad out. Lad, we don't know for how long. Bailey, we're not necessarily sure for how long. It could be short. Uh, Dahan is done. Boychuk, who knows? He was skating, but it looks like it's going to be longer. Taves done, Pulak. He got like some sort of jaw fracture, maybe potentially. He was wearing a full cage the other day um, against New Jersey, but he played, so he, he's good to go. Um, but uh, this is bad. This is bad for the Islanders. That that's just those three of Bailey, DeHaan, Boychuk. That hurts the Islanders' lineup significantly. And then you add in Lad. Who's been very good this year? You know, he's not putting up Bailey numbers, but he's doing everything right elsewhere. Oh, he's been solid. He's still, yeah, he's still putting up okay numbers, but he's he's the glue for that that second line, um, and that's that. Those are big. Those are big, big, big misses. We're not talking about missing Cal Clutterbuck or Dennis Seidenberg. We're talking about guys that play big minutes and important roles on the team, and we have filled them with, and the best that we could, Anthony Beauvillier, um. I already forget his name. Brendan Fritz Tenor. and Sebastian Ajo. Tanner Fritz? Tanner Fritz. Why am I thinking Brendan? Where did Brendan come from? <laughs> Who's Brendan? Is there even a Brendan on the Islanders roster? Brendan Burke. The announcer. I f- I'm going to say that that's who I'm talking about, but that would be odd because he's clearly not a player. Uh, well, good on me. Maybe I've had a little bit too much whiskey to numb my throat. Let's numb my brain instead of my throat. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, The dangers of alcohol, kids. The dangers of alcohol. Uh, But Bovillia looked okay after he was called or sent down and called back up. But these are the guys that we're filling the rosters with. We're not filling them with necessarily equal quality. So there's obviously going to be a downtick in the level of play, as we've seen. Um, So this this couldn't come at a worse time. Because the Islanders were looking to get out of a, a slump and then injury after injury after injury. Mitch. I don't know if you're going to agree with me. I don't think you are, but I have a hot take for you. Oh yeah, here's, here's here's a Maddie hot take. We got one right. every episode, so we won't call you Maddie Ice. We'll call you Maddie Fire. Maddie Fire. Does that work? That's fine for the hot takes. I think
1: the Taze and Soderstrom injury are more impactful to the Islanders than the Bailey than the Bailey and Ladd injuries. Let me explain why.
2: That well. Yeah, please. Wow. Okay. I'm not that talking fire about... That shining way too bright, my friend. I
1: didn't do... I didn't set it up right. It, it sounded better in my head. Let me explain. Okay. Yeah, please do. Injuries, long-term injuries, can stunt development. How, sure. How close... Okay. If Taze didn't get hurt, he would be in the NHL right now instead of Ajo. Yeah. This, this we know. Right. But now this could set him back. Soderstrom's looked at the goalie of the future because we know Sorokin's not coming over here.
2: Sure. Yeah, well, he's got a three year deal, so he still, he still could, but yeah. It's, it's very
1: unlikely that we will ever see Sorokin over yeah. here. These are two very important prospects. Probably, would you put them in top three Islanders prospects who have yet to make their NHL debut? Are they in your top three? So you're
2: ruling out ho and in that one because he's made his NHL debut, Correct. right? Then for sure.
1: Right. So pretty much two out of your top three most important prospects who are next up in the pipeline have a significant injury where they're missing time this year. I think that's a big deal.
2: Yep. Um, sure. You're also forgetting the rejuvenating powers of youth, uh, I, which I wish I had because I'm old and a little cold lasts me three weeks now rather than like a couple of days. Um, I, I I pulled something playing hockey the other day that I'm still feeling. That's been two weeks now. Um, (laughs) I just picture you like, like an old washwoman, like hunched over (laughs) with like a blanket over your head. Oh, my back and my throat hurts. Oh, what was me? Yeah. Um, no, I still power through my day. Thank you very much with my two young children who are just balls of energy. Um, I think you overlook the healing factor with youth. Uh, So I I get that there's, there's a worry there that it's serious because I know Taze is out the season. Soderstrom is not, but he had surgery. So that's always worrisome that you had to go to surgery. You'd rather have these things heal on their own independently of, or without intervention, medical intervention. Um, But he's going to play again, at least even this season. So there's a little bit less to worry there on my behalf. Um, I I also don't necessarily know the extent of or what the injury is for Soderstrom. I'm just hoping it's not like a groin or a knee type thing. I'm hoping it's just like a... Those can repeat know, like on a goalie. Yeah, especially on a, on a butterfly goalie. Um, For Taves, I'm a little bit worried, but there, there's no way you can say that that impact is greater than the one... Of a ninety-five point player, well, I'm going to say six. There's,
1: no gar- there's no guarantee that he's back next year. Where these guys are guaranteed to be in the system next year.
2: That Bailey's back next year. Yeah, there's no guarantee that he doesn't have a contract next year. That's true, and he's UFA. But I, 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 are we are we just basing that off next year or right now? Because I'm thinking of it right now. No, just in general. You have to in general. Yeah, I'm not thinking about next year. The only thing I'm thinking of in the future for the Islanders is the arena and John Tavares extension. Outside of that, present day.
1: So pretty much, you're saying the entire Bridgeport
2: Sound Tigers could get injured out for the year, and you're cool with it? I would. Yeah, that's fine. As long as they can recover and play hockey again, that's fine. Uh, I, I'd much rather them not get injured. Uh, but if they some weird like accident and they all get like a an ankle fracture, we'll say on a bus trip or something and it's nothing life-threatening it's just rehab for six weeks and they'll be okay am i going to lose sleep over it absolutely not no i'm not wow you're an evil guy oh i'm not asking for them to get their ankles broken i'm just saying in this crazy hypothetical situation that that you yourself has set up if they all actually no i set it up if they all get an ankle break whatever they will they will recover and they will rest up and they will be their normal regular selves once it's over. I'm more worried about Josh Bailey. I am. Do we get that's a that is a third of the top line. Without him, we have Alan Quine playing on the top line. Alan Quine is playing top line minutes, match.
1: But he scored that goal that time.
2: So <laughs> I know. How many know. times is that going to happen? Once? Twice? Three times Alan Quine's a top line player? I think not. Uh and that that's why I'm worried more about the Bailey one than anything else. And I think you should too. Both you and Matt and the listener. I I'm I'm
1: not not worried about Josh Bailey being injured. I just think people are underestimating. Maybe it's just me being salty that people are underestimating the toes and sawduster injury. The toes and sawduster injury.
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with his toes. No. Um Sure, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm concerned because I don't like seeing people get injured. I don't want to see people get hurt. Um, but am I losing sleep over the fact that they're not finishing out their season? No, not necessarily. That's a lot of rehab time for both of them, although Saldarskamp is going to play this year uh, for HV71. Taze, on the other hand, will not play for Bridgeport, but that's plenty of rehab time, including the summer, before he comes to camp next year, and he needs to take that step up. So... I'm good to wait. Okay.
1: Let's get into our long topic of the week. It's one that Ooh, this we good one. love to talk about. and It's one that I elsewhere loves to talk about. It's Garth Snow. Mitch, I wrote this week. I think it was this week. I don't even know. It could have been any week at this point. I've I've felt this way for a while, but it had to be said once again. Breaking it out. Yeah. Hashtag done with Garth Snow. Okay. What? I thought you'd I, have to have, have a bigger response than that.
2: Well, I think it's because I keep hearing it all the time. I'm used to guys on the internet, or guys, I assume they're guys, um, but, the, you know, hashtag feminism, they could be ladies, um, just saying, fire Garth, we got to fire Garth, like, every day to no matter what, like, hey, ha- happy morning to you, fire Garth. <laughs> okay, well, that wasn't necessarily relevant whatsoever, but thank you very much for that, I suppose. Um, so I'm maybe I'm numb to it. Like, yeah, I get it. He shouldn't be around anymore because he's not that great of a GM. He's not. He's still None, there because d- he hasn't been dude, fired. This is ridiculous. It's How long are we going to go on with this mediocrity? 12 years. Right, but okay. So we fire him today. Then what? We hopefully hire someone else that's better. Who's better that's out there? Promote Lamarillo. Chris Lamarillo. Has... From what isn't he? He's, he's not even an assistant. assistant GM. Yes, he, he is. He's an assistant GM. Hmm. Hmm. I hadn't thought about him. I'm not. Uh, Who cares? Anybody. I'm not, What's I'm the not sure that doing? anybody could do a better job. <laughs> Bring him out of retirement. Look, I'm I'm worried that that's going to seem that I, I'm okay with Garcino as being a GM. I'm not. But like I said earlier, I'm not okay with change when change especially when change isn't necessary like it is now we still have half a season to go we saw what happened last year without any sort of trades the biggest thing that they, they removed uh, Jack Capuano put in Doug Weight who had the same message who said the same things he just said them in a different voice and they went 24-12 and 4 oh, no, I'm mistake. yes who says they don't do something maybe not as grandiose but equally as efficient and it gets them into the playoffs. Yeah. And then and as long as they get in the playoffs, Gar Snow's job is safe. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: afraid of. Do it now when they're in their slide. And you say, so then Ledecky says, Tavares, losing is unacceptable in this franchise. And we just lost five games in a row. We, our season is going down the tubes. And we've had 12 years of mediocre hockey. We can't have that anymore. It's more... It's not so much of what Snow's done. Granted, he's done some pretty bad things. It's more of saying, Hey, Tavares, you want to stay? We're going to build a winning culture. We're sick of this mediocrity.
2: Sure. Like...
1: If you're Tavares, would you... How would you react if Ledecky then fired the general manager and said... We didn't like the direction this team was heading. We thought after five games losing, they didn't do anything. He he didn't do anything to address any of the needs. Uh, It's clear to us that, you know, this team has holes on the third line defense, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And we want to go another direction. And because losing is unacceptable to us, we want to build a winning culture. Or how, on the flip side, how would you feel with, yeah, after 13 years now with one playoff series win, we're going to stick with our guy. Please sign on the dotted
2: line. If I'm JT, I I I don't know. I'm I'm not. Uh, if I, if I was in his position, if I had that kind of skill, if I wore ninety-one on my back, and I could score goals at will and make millions and millions of dollars playing hockey, oh man. Um, yeah, maybe I'd go with option number one. I get it. I absolutely get it. That it's. It's not a, a situation that can continue, and losing cannot continue. I, I get it. Um, I just think that they're going to wait out the season. I really do. I I, I I can get behind an argument saying that he needs to go now, because now is just as good of a time as later, because of, like I said earlier, where they did it. They they made that drastic change where they fired Jack Capuano and hired a new guy in Doug Waite, and they went on that run and just missed out. Um, They're not that far out of a playoff spot right now. Um, I I had the standings open a second ago. Uh, What are they, two points out, I think? Four points out of a playoff spot? It's taken a while because Canadian internet is very slow. Um, We have a lot of ground to cover. Here we go. No. So I get the idea that they can make up that space, and I think they're going to wait. But I also get the idea that, well, if we make that change today... We have that time already. Like a lot of teams in, in the English Premier League, I'm, I'm going to use one of my one soccer references per show, through the halfway point of the season, they start losing. They start changing managers, teams that are in the bottom position because they know that there's plenty of time to make that jump back up. There's plenty of games left to, 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 make the, to address the gap. The Islanders are a single point out of a playoff spot right now, and they have a game in hand on that team they're four or sorry three points out of the second the first wild card spot and they're six points out of a guaranteed playoff position although two games in hand by that that other team which is the New Jersey Devils so like it's not insurmountable like we're we're, we're still talking about teams like what is it the uh, the Edmonton Oilers are 19 points out of a playoff position right now and people are still saying well they could still make it they're, they get two like the Chicago Blackhawks, who are at forty eight points, have two games in hand on the Edmonton Oilers, who have thirty nine points in forty four games. Like that, that seems a lot more insurmountable than the Islanders' six points. Like it, it's possible for them to do it if they make the change or if they just stay the course because they have one of the okay. best offenses in the league. So I could see it either way.
1: Okay, so if. They get into the playoffs, as currently constructed. Are they going to make noise, or is it going to be a first-round exit?
2: I think they can make noise. You, if, they, if they make the playoffs, they can make noise. With
1: Calvin DeHaan out and with Boychuk hobbled.
2: Well, I'm all mm, all right, you said as it stands right now. So that means everyone who's on the roster today healthy is there. Yeah, sorry, maybe not. We'll think, but assuming injuries rectify themselves as they do, and those players get back, well, maybe uh, not the Han. are not getting the back. back. Boychuk will be back. Then, yeah, maybe. As long as we get Boychuk back, we're in a much better position. Much, much, much better position. I don't... Already. If
1: you, even with Boych, just Boychuk back, I don't feel comfortable with any of those pairings outside the top pair.
2: Okay. Fair and enough. I don't... But the top pair plays like 20, 25 minutes a night, so...
1: That's great. What about the other 35 minutes?
2: Eh, you just hope that the, the Islanders can uh, sustain any sort Dude, of they, offensive pressure. It's not
1: like they have Lundqvist in net either. We've seen what's <laughs> happened with these two goals. What if Halak regresses, Mitch?
2: Yeah, what if? There's a lot of what ifs. Are you going to fire a guy based on what ifs? I'm going to fire him about 12 years of ineptuity, Mitch. <laughs> That's Come fair. on, stop I, trying I, to be the good guy here. It's okay. No, I'm not. I understand the side, the both sides. And look, I wrote a piece just the other day labeling out how bad he was. Right, like twentieth ranked in regular season success rates, sixteenth ranked in postseason success rates amongst all NHL GMs currently in a position. That's bad, and he's the fourth highest tenured GM in the league. Generally, when you're the the correlation between playoff success and tenure in your job as an NHL GM is uh, a 0.6, which is quite high, meaning that the longer you're in a job, the more likely you are to have playoff success, which has not happened for Gar Snow, because like you mentioned, he's barely made the playoffs half the time he's around. Now, is that, is that a, an issue of the, the finances he's been given? I don't think so, because you have teams that operate on budgets that make these that make the playoffs, like the Senators, like the Ducks. They have budgets just as much as the Islanders had budgets, and they still made the playoffs. It's bad drafting. It's bad development. That's that's a GM. I get the idea. I just I just I I don't feel like the owners are these kind of like shoot from the hip guys, which is, which is what I wrote. They're not going to do something based off of how things are going right now when there's still time to change it.
1: Duo is the final straw for me, and this is a good segue into kind of our next topic because we especially disagree on this one. My final straw was the Scott Mayfield contract. To me, like, that just seriously? shows that he doesn't get it, Mitch. Well, like, okay. Mitch, no, no, no. Hold on.
2: Yeah, you, go for it, please.
1: You know, you know Enlighten me. Enlighten me. You know me and my analogies. Yep. You have a car. There we go. It doesn't start. Yep. Your tires are bald. You need yep. you need brakes. And you go out and you get yourself an oil change. <laughs> That's essentially what Gar Snow just did. He did something that is very cheap. You can find it anywhere. You don't have to go to the same guy to get it. You can get, you know, fifteen dollar oil changes all around the entire country. This is fine. But there are other integral pieces that you need for your car to be fully functioning that you did not address, but instead addressed an easily replaceable and easily fixable piece.
2: Okay. Um, I've seen that argument a few times, and I think it's very naive because you're missing one very important part of the puzzle, which is the other side of these contract signing equation. There's, there's, There's two sides to signing a contract the person offering it, and the person signing it. Scott Mayfield isn't in a position to re- to deny any contracts. Oh, no, no, sorry, guys. You keep your money. I don't want that, what is it, $7.5 million? I'm good. I'm Scott Mayfield. John Tavares, which I think is what you're intimating. Why didn't he sign John Tavares no. or Josh Bailey even? No, I'm just, why? Why, why lock up a, a seventh D man. What's the purpose? Because you got him at $1.5 million. What not? Was it okay. $1.5 or $1.45? You did the same thing with Pellick. You can't have two guys serving the same role locked up for four and five years. Yes, because the idea is that these guys are so young that they will get better, that they will eventually become your Calvin DeHaan's making $1.45 million a year. That's nothing. is it, I keep saying $1.45 or 1, $1.5. I'm going to get it right here. Uh, where is he? $1.45. That's nothing and 1.6 we're looking at 3.05 million dollars on the cap for a bottom pairing defensive group at at worst at best a second pairing defensive group that's fantastic that is fa- That that is less than a Calvin DeHaan by three hundred thousand dollars you're two ninety five thousand dollars
1: do you like Sebastian Ajo? yeah do you like Devin Taves
2: absolutely do
1: you like Robin Salo
2: I don't know yet.
1: Van de Sampel?
2: Sure. You're blocking
1: all those by signing these mediocre players. Do you want to see these guys well, or not?
2: Those guys probably weren't coming up next year anyways. Maybe Taze, sure. But we're also... There's three unrestricted free agents on the defensive end. Calvin Hahn, Thomas Hickey, and Dennis Seinberg. I picture two of those guys aren't sticking around. There's two holes right there for you. Yeah, and
1: you got to upgrade with someone who's ready top four. Not Those guys...
2: Their absolute ceiling is a bottom pairing defenseman. I just said at best top four or like a, a second pairing D, so a three four at best.
1: I think you're overlooking those two. I think your expectations are too high.
2: Maybe, but like I, I look at the reaction around, so it's just it's a lot of, of, of get ninety one signed and um, where is it? A lot, a, a lot of oh great, that's nothing or this is nothing. If nothing, this proves that Garson is alive and actually working, right? But I see a lot of this is a steal. There's a lot of guys and girls out there saying, "This is great. This is a great move for the Islanders because you're locking up a young guy with promise in with term for a really reasonable price point." But it's it's Scott Mayfield, Mitch. That's it's just so. What are, I you, what are you? What are you? Having a hard time with is it the term or is the 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 length or sorry it's the term or the money it's the term I don't I don't to me I see like you're getting you're gonna have to pay this guy anyways right this was the last year of his $625,000 deal you're gonna have to pay this guy anyways how much are you willing to pay him up until the future and keep in mind he's 25 years old now so in a couple of years he's gonna be UFA eligible. So you're buying a couple of UFA years on top of that. So you're gonna pay premium on top of this. You've bought free agent years for a guy who's gonna be at best a second pairing defenseman. He's not any good. He is actually very he's not very good. He's good. He's I mean, a good defenseman. If, Would you want him on your team? As yeah, a seventh D man. I, I don't see that. And that's obviously where we disagree. I see him as a functional NHL player. You really I think really he
1: do. could be your sec, a second-pairing right-handed shot?
2: I'm saying at best, but I see him sitting what about in, that, in that third pairing. What about Pula? Maybe. Sure, put him on the top pair. Put him on the third pair. I don't know where he fits in. I don't know where the, uh, the, the the organization values him, but I know that they value Scott Mayfield and what he brings to the team, and so they gave him five years. And I'm okay with that. In terms of a seventh, a sixth, a f- even a fifth-ranked uh, defenseman on the team, I'm okay with $1.45 million for five years. That's great because they're going to need some money. They're going to need some money in years to come because they're going to be paying a ton of money to John Tavares. They're going to be paying a ton of money to Josh Bailey. And I know they have money coming off the cap and Kuhlman and Halak and, like we said before, Dennis Seidenberg and even Jason Chimera coming off the books. There's money coming off the books here. Um But they're still going to need more than that. So I'm okay with this. This is cost certainty. This is fantastic. No. And I know you disagree entirely.
1: Just why five years?
2: I don't know. They maybe wanted six and Garth didn't want to go there. Uh, Maybe they wanted eight and Garth was like, that's not happening ever in anyone's imagination. Um, Because he's 25 now, so 6, 7, 8, 9. He'll be 30 by the time this deal is done. Anything more than that is too much. Way too much. There's no way you keep an an older, an over 30-year-old Scott Mayfield on the books, no matter what the cost is.
1: I I just think him and Pellick serve two similar roles.
2: Sure, but you need two guys in the bottom pair. One's left, one's right.
1: Okay, I would rather it not be them i'd rather be taze and aho or van de sample or one of those guys they have a more they're more promising
2: sound so dejected i like i sucked all the life out of you it feels great i feel rejuvenated my voice is getting better my my leg is feeling fine that's what it feels like to suck in youth like to get that youthful energy back into your body this is fantastic i understand witches all of a sudden
1: you've killed my spirit in this episode, <laughs> let's move on. Ah, uh, yes. This is gonna get me riled up too. So, okay. should be round two. I've seen on Twitter
2: a lot of people, a lot of people already. The, the, the first, the first part of that already gets you riled up. I've seen on Twitter a lot of people hate, yep. hating on John Tavares's
1: leadership skills.
2: Oh God, can we just like please, Mitch? Yeah.
1: How many points does this guy have? He has 51 points in 43 games. He's on a career-high pace in points and goals. He is literally putting how many times since he's been here in nine years has he put the Islanders on his back and willed them? Willed them? In Game 6 of the series Mm -hmm. against the Florida Panthers, he single-handedly took the team and said, we are not losing this game. We are not playing a Game 7. He scored the tying goal. He scored the game winning goal. At the Nassau Coliseum preseason game. Granted, it's just a preseason game, but it was a huge moment for a lot of people. He, once again, big spot. Put the team on his back. I would rather a clutch, very good player who leads by example than have some gritty nobody be my captain just because he's been around the league forever.
2: Right. So you're taking shots at Derek Englund. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I, but I, I, I can't get on any train where it says, oh, I'm criticizing John Tavares no. and his leadership because he's shown year over year that he's the guy, that he's clearly captain material. Uh, he may not say it in the press or convey it through the press, but he clearly conveys it on the ice and and with his players. And The, the one criticism I hear is that over the last five games, he's only got two points. Okay, sure, that's true. He's only got four points. Oh, he's a negative seven. Sure, that's true. He is a negative seven on the ice. But again, plus minuses, come on, let's be honest. That's a phony stat. That's fake news. Um, <laughs> but if we look at it, like, he had seven shots on net against Pittsburgh. Seven. Himself. Sure, he didn't score, but he's clearly creating chances out there. Um, He had five against New Jersey. He's clearly creating chances out there. Sure, Pittsburgh, Boston, Colorado, he had two, one, and two in terms of shots. So he's not generating that much there. But the guy can have a downturn in terms of productivity on the ice and still be a good leader. Look, he had two shots on goal against Philadelphia, and he scored. So, like... The guy doesn't need to shoot a lot, doesn't need to produce necessarily every game because you know what? Players don't produce every game. That's not how this game works. He's a point-per-game player because you divide the number of points based off the number of games. That doesn't mean he's literally scored a point a game. That's not how this works. He does other things to get this team going. And when they're not going, he's trying to figure out how to get them to go. Clearly, Obviously, anyone who's taken a shot at his leadership needs to recheck why they're they're a fan of this franchise. It's his. W- that's it, my hot take for the day.
1: No, that's completely fair, and it's his work ethic too. The guy works harder than I, anybody I see on this team. He's always wants to get better. He, I heard well, who wasn't it LeDecky on WFAN recently said that Tavares had a endorsement opportunity, and he was like, "How much time am I got to put into this product?" And then they told him, and he was like. No, I'd rather use that time to get better at hockey. Like th- that's <laughs> who I want my captain to be. I'm sorry, I want my captain to be hockey breathing, and that's John Tavares.
2: That's right. Yeah, I I don't think we can we can disagree at all. Like there, there's, the, I don't understand how anyone can see it otherwise. I don't get it. Oh, they're not they're not winning, so it's his fault. Okay, sure. Yeah, he's got to find a way to win. Um, uh, they'll find a way, and then when they win, what is it like? Oh, he's the best captain ever now. Well, you just said he was terrible because he went on a five game losing streak. Like it it, 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 anyways, it's just, it's just too much. It's just too much. All right. I ha- now you suck the spirit back out of me. All right. I have Unbelievable. it Unbelievable. Maybe we. It's now in the ether just floating around.
1: <laughs> I have a proposal for you, a question of some sorts. Okay. Should the Isles go after Yarmir Yager? No. Really?
2: Yeah. Okay. Why do you think they should? I read, I read the piece. I just want to hear it from your mouth. Well, yeah. Why?
1: Because Calgary wants him gone and he's a $1 million cap hit. And he's, he's better on the fourth line than Jason Chimera
2: is. Is he, though? Like, the one defining factor for Jason Chimera is his speed. And the one defining factor of Yarmar Yaga right now is that he's got no speed. The guy is done. He's done. It's over. Mitch, you're a big fan of possession numbers. Did you look him, his possession numbers up? I did not because... Anyways, go, go, what are his possession numbers? Keep in mind, Calgary is the fourth highest Corsi 4 rating team on 5-on-5 five five in the league right now. So there's something to be said there where the Islanders are not. So go ahead.
1: 52.2
2: CF percentage. Okay. Um, sure. Obviously, he's going to be high again. He's playing on a Corsi-heavy team. So, sure. And, and is he a part of that? Is it a chicken or the egg situation? Who knows. Um, but still, sense I don't, I don't, I don't care for that necessarily. On the fourth line, I want that incessant, like that, that, that check. I want the check. He can't give us that.
1: You don't think he's better than Jason Chimera?
2: Oh, uh, are, are we talking about his career or right now in his right in his, right in now his... this year? Would you rather have no. on your? T- You'd rather have
1: Jason Chimera right now than Yarmir Yager. Yes. You're certifiably insane. You're killing me this episode, Mitch. (laughs) I can't even take you serious anymore. I think you're just doing this to troll me.
2: No, I'm not. I'm honestly not. Like, it's it's not to say that I like Jason Chimera. It's just the two. I prefer what Jason Chimera brings, which is the speed game. I prefer that over Yammer Yager, who does not. At 45, the guy's waiting at the blue line. There's no defensive pullback from him, there's none. And, and if there is, he's not getting up the ice the other way in any sort of... He's looking to change already. I'm good. Like uh, he, The guy is an absolute legend, but if it's not working in Calgary, don't bring that here. We, we, need, we need something that, that's going to work, and it's not working. So, no, I'm good. I'm good. Very well. I can, I can hear the argument. I just don't agree with it whatsoever.
1: Do you have anything to bring to the table for the social segment?
2: I don't have anything else. I just I just wanted to talk about um the Mayfield extension because I saw some people saying, I don't understand why is this a pro-? like this is a problem? Why are we doing this? And I was like, "What? I don't understand how this is a problem. How is this a problem? This is a great deal." I I got nothing else outside of that. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to add?
1: Do you want to talk about the announcement? Yes. Okay. There's a big announcement. Serious. Mitch, as you know, is from Canada. We talk about every single show. He plays the Canadian stereotype. I play the American stereotype. It's funny. It works. We have a good dynamic going.
2: He. I don't say A often enough for that.
1: No, you need to work that in a little bit more. Yeah. But, all right. All right we'll, we'll get to that next week, maybe. February 2nd. Mitch is coming down here to Long Island to watch the New York Islanders play on the 3rd, but he's getting here the 2nd, so we decided that on February 2nd, we're going to do a live podcast where you, the listener, can come watch us do the live show.
2: Woo! But that's my like hype-up noise.
1: Why would you want to see us two idiots ramble about the Islanders? Plenty of reasons. One, free drinks. Two, free pizza. Three, the possibility to make new friends, a.k.a. Mitch and I. We're very friendly. We will talk to you. (laughs) If you say that you read our website, we will love you forever. Number four, we are going to do raffles, trivia games, and best of all, we're doing it for charity. We are going to donate the money that we get from our raffle to America's Vet Dogs, which you might know from the Islanders' uh, their calendar shoot where they're all holding the cute puppies. Yep, that's the organization we're going to be donating the money to. So what's better than yeah. Islanders and Puppies? Nothing. So there you go. It's going to be held at the South Hempstead Fire Department. We're going to have all the information on our website on our Facebook page and our Twitter. So make sure, if you're not already, go to facebook.com slash Isles and go to twitter.com slash FS at FS and all the information will be there as it gets closer. But February 2nd, I'm going to say doors are going to open at 7. Show time to be decided. We haven't really talked about that yet, but... We're going to be doing a live show, and we want you guys to be there. It's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of Islanders-themed stuff. And how else would you rather spend the Friday
2: night? I can't think of a better way to sit in a bunch of in a room with a bunch of people talking about the Islanders. I can't. I don't get enough of that. I don't get any of that. There's, I wear Islanders gear around here, and people look at me like I'm, I'm the plague or something. It's awful.
1: You're going to fit right in here. Like, Long Island is the Islanders. Like, it's, it's just... It works. I can't, I
2: can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing, I, especially that we're doing it on Long Island. We're not going somewhere in the city at a bar there. We're doing it on Long Island proper. It's fantastic. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, so obviously stay tuned for more info on that as it gets closer, but we just wanted to make the grand announcement on the show this week, and each week leading up to it, we will – you know, talk about it more. So it's three weeks away. Again, we have a lot of time, but look for info on our Facebook, Twitter page. And then if you're a weekly listener, you'll be updated each week as well as we get closer and new developments come out. Mitch, I got the raffle tickets already. I got t- 2,000 of them delivered to my house. <laughs> so I, I have big expectations for this.
2: We better hope 2,000 people show up and not like 20, even though 20 would be fantastic. I'm, I I can't wait till like for five people to show up and it'll be awesome. Us and those five people are going to have the times of our lives. So much pizza, so much pizza.
1: This is like this is perfect for you. Have you ever had New York pizza?
2: Yes. Okay, Of course I have. Um, and I don't eat it with a fork and knife. Good. You fold it? Although I, I fold it when I'm there. when'm I'm, when I'm here in Canada, we don't have the floppy, thin, thinner pizzas. We have like it's, it's a weird thing here, so I use fork and knife here. Until you get to the crust then it's all fingers baby right in the dipping sauce. Mm. Mm. I want pizza now. I'm hungry. Oh, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're excited? Yeah. I can't wait. I can, I honestly can't wait. I know it's only 3 weeks away but I I'm I'm checking all my bags. I've done all my packing. I'm ready to go. I usually I'm usually like absolute last minute. Like we we went out for the weekend the family and I and I packed my stuff the the hour before we left. So
1: That's how you know how excited I am. How excited Mitch is to come to Long Island, meet all you guys, and it's going to be fun. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Mitch, got anything else you want to add? That's all I got. Okay. So once again, be sure to check out the website, eyesonisles.com, for all opinions, news, updates, anything your little heart desires. Check it out on the website. Give us a follow on Twitter at eyesonislesfs. Facebook is slash eyesonisles. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Mitch, episode twenty-one in the books. Next week, Mike Bossy edition.
2: Oh, my man, my man, Mike Bossy. Mitch can't wait. Have yourself a good night. You too, buddy.